1: Today, our guest is Craig Napoliello. Thanks for being on the show, Craig.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Whitney.
1: No, it's been great to get to know you. I know you and I have had numerous conversations over the last quite a few months now and, and uh, pleased to have you on the show and us talk about uh, what you're doing in real estate right now, even with the busy schedule. Uh, but a little about Craig, he's discovered the unique qualities and opportunities in multifamily real estate in October of 2018. He converted his assets from traditional investments to cash-flowing real estate in January of 2019, has closed on 53 units so far, and plan uh, on converting more uh, of his assets and uh, W-2 income into cash-flowing real estate before ultimately syndicating deals uh, to help others convert their assets into cash-flowing multifamily real estate. So, Craig, you know, thank you again for your time being on the show. Tell the listeners a little more about maybe where you're located and what your focus is right now.
0: Thanks so much, Whitney. So I live in Brooklyn, New York. I've I've been in New York and now I moved up here in 2003 right after college, fell in love with it and have, you know been here ever since. So my wife and myself and our two dogs, we live in in Brooklyn, New York. I have a uh, I was basically in traditional finance throughout my career and I sort of shifted gears uh, about 5 years ago. I wanted to pursue something more sort of entrepreneurial, so I changed course and went from a traditional finance role into a like a fintech company, so which builds basically trading marketplace and software for the financial industry. So um, as far as the the real estate thing goes, that's that's been an interest of mine in my entire adult life. I was just one of these people that without even really thinking about it, I would go visit cities and I would look up all the stats on Trulia or Zillow and, and you know, would basically over the course of the weekend, <laughs> spend a lot of time trying to get a feel for the underlying fundamentals of really, of a city and the growth areas and the price per square foot and all these sort of important metrics. So through that, I end up sort of dabbling in buying single family real estate over the course of my adult life. That being said, there was no sort of real sh- strategy to it. I did enjoy in my mind investing in real estate. And it was something I just did out of out of enjoyment. I shifted my mindset, as you mentioned, sort of in October of last year, my sister-in-law introduced me to several of the podcasts on real estate. And so I spent a tremendous amount of time, you know, going down deep rabbit holes, listening to to your podcast in bigger pockets and wheelbarrow profits and learning a lot about these different segments of, of the real estate market. And it really stood out to me when I started, you know, learning more about them, basically, you know, just learning enough to sort of be dangerous. I recognized that a lot of the characteristics of multifamily real estate matched up with what I would want for my life going forward, right? Which is that basically, I, you know, I love my job, which I feel very thankful to be able to say that. So I, I know there's a lot of material out there and a lot of people talking about, almost just sort of almost demonizing like sort of w-2s and spending full time on on different things i you know i love my job and really have and i'm very excited about the prospects of my full-time job and hope to do that for many many years to come that being said i I also want to prepare myself and my family you know through multifamily real estate to build a passive cash flow stream that if i ever find myself whether that's in a year five years or 20 years if I ever find myself in a position in a position where I don't love going to work i don't want to f- i don't want to feel beholden to my w two job and you know take time away from my family and other things I love doing just because i feel like i need the income stream so i'm trying to i I'm, I'm working diligently now to replace my w two income with re- with past real estate income over the you know, over the coming years
1: nice so you know you talked about how you know, most the W-2 positions are like demonized here, the J-O-B and, you know, just over broke. I've heard that, you know, so many times, uh, you know, people say that's what J-O-B stands uh-huh. for, but it, but it's interesting, you know, it's not ever talked about, you know, the people who say you want to get into real estate, but they don't want to leave their J- their J-O-B and or they really enjoy it and, and like you do. And so I, I think it's a great topic, you know, and and thinking about, okay, you know, that busy professional that also wants to own some real estate. And, and just thinking about, okay, well, that seems like a lot to take on, you know, or that seems like a lot to to manage. And, you know, I think you could, you could speak well to, you know, okay, how, how to, you know, getting started in real estate, you know, especially in large multifamily while also, you know, like not planning on leaving your day job So It's like, okay, I'm going to take this other, this other thing on over here on the side that I know is very beneficial, but it's going to require a lot of my time. What did that look like in the beginning for you? That's
0: a great question. Well, I, the first thing I did that, you know, before sort of, um, before I can really set forth with a game plan, I did, I started off by doing, you know, a very thorough analysis of my whole financial life. And I uncovered, I uncovered a lot of things, you know, one of which being that I was being inefficient with my assets. Now, again, this is coming from someone I, I you know, I, I sort of have a, I'd say my financial literacy is, is stronger than the average person I was in finance my entire career. So, but I think that it's, it's, I'd say it's, it's pretty normal, right? I mean, people just get in the routine of their day-to-day lives and you're not really spending the time to, to, to drill down on, you know, what, what's my income? What are my expenses? But where are my assets? And and basically what are my assets doing for me This you know, a huge sort of like rich dad, poor dad thing, like all of my, you know, the the assets that I have, are they sort of, are, are they working as hard for me as I'm working for them? So that's this whole journey for me began with me, you know, having a real, a real serious look in the mirror about what my, you know, about my assets and, you know, again, sort of, uh, my my balance sheet, my personal balance sheet. Once I had a better understanding of what was working well and what wasn't working well, I then, you know, set forth to convert some of my assets into, you know, cash flow and real estate. Um, the educational piece was a huge part of it, as I mentioned. That's it's such an amazing thing about pursuing like this in 2019 going on 2020 is that all this material is available, right? Someone can, someone can, someone can go on to your you know, podcast. And I've listened to, you know, dozens and dozens of episodes on your podcast. And, you know, over the course of hours and days or, you know, a couple of weeks, you can get a, a good understanding, start identifying markets and, and taking the steps towards approaching real estate in a way that you're comfortable with. I think that it's important as well to sort of, you know, set your intentions, like, you know, like really, you know, why are you doing this? Cause it's not going to be easy. So if you don't have like a real strong sort of why or reason behind why you're trying to do this, you know, chances are that you are going to, that it dissipate, right? You're, you're going to have hit bumps in the road. So when you hit those bumps in the road, is your, is your why strong enough to help you sort of um, you know power through that? The mindset thing, right. As, as far as, as I mentioned, I, I, purchased some single-family homes over the course of my adult life. You know, I got lucky. I, I bought those, those single-family homes as an investment, I thought, in my mind. You know, market, right, which makes everybody look smart. The reality of it is, is that to, to approach this in the in the format that I'm talking about and like the way that you do and, and anyone that's sort of a, a serious investor is that you have to approach it like a business, right? You have to have a – you can't just sort of like fall into this. You have to really – you have to set forth a strategy um, that is, you know, well thought out and consistent that you can follow. Otherwise, you know, you're sort of like, you're, you're putting your assets up to, up, you know, up to luck, which I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't suggest. Also recognizing that you are going to make mistakes, right? So basically as approaching this, you know, in my mind, I was almost like, I think people are concerned about making mistakes. You're going to make them. That's the reality, right? So if, you're, if you are reluctant to take action, because you think you may make mistakes, you have to completely shift your mindset. I mean, I, I think I w- would almost encourage you to lean into the mistakes because if you are making mistakes, you know, providing you're learning from them, you are accelerating your learning curve, right? Um, I would also say, which is a very important point, and I, I just not too long ago read The One Thing, and they talk about blocking off time and scheduling, and I'm sure that you must be very good at that based on all the things that you, know, you do in your, in your business, and the podcast, and the syndication, is that if this is important to you you know i guess one is evaluate your life and schedule time for yourself that that is not also going to you have to be realistic right i schedule my time for example on monday nights and saturdays and i do that because my wife works on saturdays and then you know monday nights we don't have any children yet you know if you have if you have 3 kids i mean s- scheduling your real estate planning on a saturday is probably not going to work So it's so it's a matter of being realistic of like what's your life and how can you work on this if it's a priority for you without throwing your entire life into chaos, right? So that you can so that you can get behind it as well as your spouse and your family and everyone else that is supporting you can get behind it, right? You have to just be realistic about what your life looks like. And then the last thing I would say is is that you know again because you you know especially someone with a W two has limited time is devoting time to establishing and fostering relationships with people that can help you grow your business. And by that, I mean mentors. And I I have a mentor and brokers and property managers and other trusted experts in your field, right? So that you are basically not just using your time that's available to grow your business, but you're also using their time.
1: Uh, you mentioned so many great things there. I was taking notes, but you know this time management piece is is such a big deal. You know, and I mean, along with the mindset and the strategy, numerous things that you mentioned, and being willing to make mistakes. Uh, but but you know, I found like personally, I mean, the time management piece, like having my calendar, having it structured. These days of the weeks, you know, this times, this is what's happening. You know, being very consistent with that, but then also you know, where I've found it difficult is like where I'm always pushing, you know, to keep, you know, go to, to get to the next deal or get this done and doing the podcast, all these things. Well, the whole reason we're doing all this, you know, like to be able to spend more time with family or whatever that may be, you know, that, that kind of gets pushed yeah. to the sideline while we're, you know, pushing this, you know, pushing this career over here. And so, you know, I've found, and I, and I haven't mastered this by no means, but it's like, even with the family, it's like, okay, if they know that these times of the week, like is just for them. Like that makes the rest of the week a lot easier. You know, when they, when the, especially with kids, you know, they know that, but my wife as well, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have this time, you know? So if it's like, if it's a few long days in a row, as long as they know that time is coming, it, it's been very helpful. But I just wonder about yourself. Like, you know, like how you said, like, okay. Then like you said like Mondays and Saturdays or something, but you know, there's a time where you're like planning your week. Is that right?
0: That's absolutely right. And, you know, just listening to material from people like yourself who are very successful in real estate that have children, you often hear, you know, people with children. I've heard people that wake up at, you know, four in the morning, right? And then four to seven, that's their quiet time. That's when they're, you know, focusing on on pushing the business forward because they know that's what fits for their life. That's when they're sort of uninterrupted. And I sort of, you know, again, all these things only work with very accurate introspection. You have to really, you know, look at, again, this, this took me sort of accurately evaluating all my assets and my income and balance sheet. And now then sort of accurately evaluating, being honest with myself, like what's my life look like and where can I block off time that's going to work for, you know, me and my wife and you know, whoever else is an important part of your life.
1: Wow. Yes. And so what, what would you say was the biggest factor in, in helping you get just the, the mindset of just, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Even, you know, I think even the mindset of recognizing you're going to make mistakes, you know, and being willing to know that's going to happen, but, but know that that's part of the process. Like how, how did you become okay with that and, and get your mind right?
0: So I have to say, and I feel very fortunate is that I, you know, in general, I'd say I'm I'm a a confident person. And I, you know, I'm not, you know, making mistakes is not something that is, that's something that that in general scares me. Also, I realized that the only alternative to making mistakes is basically not taking any action. And that wasn't, you know, you have to sort of decide for yourself, the only way that you're not going to make mistakes is by not taking any action. So is that a, is that a, an outcome that you can live with. And that's just not something that I wanted to do. And again, I mean, I almost, I almost, you know, turned it to the point where I almost, I'm looking forward, you know, to mistakes because they are, they are certain they're, they're going to happen. There's no avoiding them. If you wait, they're still going to happen. If you, you know, if you go small or or bigger, anywhere in between, you know, they, they're going to happen. So, you know, I think that as well, I think it's very important because if you go into it thinking, there are going to be mistakes. All the things like when you listen to podcasts and new material that you put out and, you, and you, which is you know, I'm so grateful for because I can go on your podcast and listen to the experiences of all these successful professionals before me. And when they talk about, you know, these worst case scenarios, and I bought this building and it burned down, and the, you know, the roof leaked, and all you know, I had a bad tenant and this dog bit somebody. Yeah, and you wanna you wanna think that's not gonna to happen to me it is certainly going to happen to you, right? So so I, I think it's, a, it's an important thing just to basically to, you know, again, and a lot of these things are, are you know, just being honest with you. If you go into this, all those things, you know, some variation of those incidents are going to occur to you. The important thing is, though, they happen to everyone. To some people, when those things happen, it stops them. In their tracks, so it's it's a matter of, and I think that, like, when they, you know, I've had some, you know, bad things happen to me, you know, already, right, in the past six months, and I was, I was basically waiting for them, you know, so, so when they happen, when I got these calls, I didn't, I wasn't in a, you know, I I was, I would have preferred they did not happen. I was when I got the call from my property manager, I, I didn't think to myself, or I didn't feel any sense of how could this be happening to me. It was a matter of like, when is this going to happen to me? And then, you know, and then, you know, sort of planning ahead for that, do I have the right team in place that can handle these problems? When I had the biggest problem that I've dealt with so far, my property manager dealt with it so well. I'm sure that it was basically on the verge of an emergency. And it didn't on this side of the telephone, it did not feel like an emergency, right? They're excellent at their jobs, they're professionals, they manage our, our relationship and our communication well. So that is, you know, that's a great lesson itself. You know, all these things are going to happen to you. Do you have the right team in place and the trusted partners in place that are going to help you get through these things?
1: Wow, I couldn't agree with that that more, Craig. I mean, yeah, those team members are are so crucial, are so important. And and but you know, taking a shift a little bit. You know, a few questions uh, before we run out of time. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, now that you've been a part of a few syndications, and and what's been the hardest part of the syndication journey for you?
0: So so I have not um, I have not syndicated any of my deals. I've, I've done them myself, but I, so I have invested in a syndication and I think the most important thing for me is that you know, again, I feel fortunate and I would feel the same approaching you about one of your deals is to really you know get to know the people that are that are doing those deals. the The, the one syndication that I invested in, I was lucky enough to know. The, the general partners of that deal. So I had no apprehension. I saw the way they've conduct themselves, you know, personally, professionally leading up to that. So when it came time to make that investment and I looked at the deal, it just, you know, it, it felt right. And I felt so comfortable doing that. So for anyone that has the opportunity to, you know, to really vet and get to know, and, and I, I think that it's so amazing that you, you know, have your podcast and you are, so accessible because, you know, again, for like, you know, if, if I, if I were to do one of your deals, there's no, I would have, you know, zero apprehension. I wouldn't be tentative at all about, you know, the quality of person that I'm investing in, which is a, is a huge part of it. Cause again, again, same thing, you know, as successful as you've been, you know, things are going to go wrong. So it's like, how do you know, do I trust you? Are you going to communicate well with me? How are you going to handle this? Are you going to handle these situations with integrity? And obviously the answer to all those things is yes. And that's the most, that's really the most important thing, I think, when approaching these deals.
1: Of course. No doubt about it. Yeah, the integrity piece. Um, so tell me how how you plan to, or how you're preparing for this potential downturn that everybody's talking about.
0: So I feel very confident heading into a potential downturn because I'm focused on, let's say, you know, sort of B and C class. Value add stuff, you know. For me personally, again, this is to, you know to each their own. But I, there are some markets that you know that have sort of A-class properties at you know three and a half caps and four caps. And I live in I live in you know Brooklyn and you know New York, so I'm I'm very familiar with with how tight the the cap rates are in some of these markets. I'm just nuts investing in those, right? Because again, my my main goal is cash flow, right? But well. Of anything else, is my goal is to establish you know the largest passive cash flow stream possible. So for each dollar I'm investing, I'm I'm mostly evaluating what return am I getting on that dollar. And this is not this is not where can I you know purchase a deal and then basically exit this deal in you know in two years based on current cap rates, right? I'm I'm looking for you know sort of very very long term hold. So with that being the case, and, and again I'm trying to set myself up with. For example, long-term financing, so so I so that I'm hopefully never a forced seller. Um, that I can, you know, I'm almost like agnostic too, especially especially if it's within a, let's say a 10-15 percent band up or down in the you know say in, in the markets. I, I, I I'm investing as though I want to be agnostic in what the market does. And part of me almost like wishes that if things if things came off a little bit that that would you know benefit me so that there'd be easier to buy stuff.
1: Sure. So, you know, tell me though, what what's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours?
0: So, I personally, so from my experience, I would say the most uh, powerful lever is is property management. And I, I, again, I'm, I'm sure you can tell already. I'm thrilled with the property management um, company that I'm using. And you know, I think that I, I think that is the again, the most valuable lever in the business. And really that is what is setting a tone for the business, for your customer engagement, you know, sort of living out the core values and principles, you know, of your business. Those, those people are the front line when facing your, your customers, right? So I I really sort of can't stress enough, you know, sort of how important that is. And uh, uh, this is now, it's because I had a property manager that was less effective. And now I have one that I am finding, you know, very effective and to see to see how they're interacting with people, um, to seeing how they are extracting, extracting equity and delivering value to our customer base, right? In different ways. You know, for me, again, there are so many important people, you know, that, you know brokers and, and lawyers and accountants and you know, so many different people and it's, it's you want to have the best of all of them. But so far for me, having a very effective property manager has been, I think, the most powerful thing for me in my business
1: very important team team member, no doubt about it uh, you know so what's been the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I
0: would say sort of overall and then sort of apply to real estate is really um is is persistence um, and and I, I remember i remember this my entire life as a as a child i remember my my dad saying to me that uh, perseverance is omnipotence, and you know if you if you don't give up and you you know keep at it. You will succeed. So I, I think that by far, and again, this is, I, I'm I'm trying to apply this to my to my real estate business. But this has definitely served me well throughout my life and career. And I, I think that you know, which which is amazing because I think that sort of the most important qualities. Again, you don't need to have you don't need to have gates, right, to be to be persistent. So um, I think it's just a good, it's a great thing that I think about sort of every day as I conduct myself in you know life and business. And of course, you want to do it with grace, you know, being persistent and following through and, you know, sticking with things. Um, I think that's the most important ingredient for, for this business and really any business.
1: Mm. And how do you like to give back?
0: We give back, uh, my wife and I, so my, my wife had, um, and she's healthy now, she's been disease-free for five years. My wife had stage four melanoma and she was treated by Memorial Sloan Kettering. And when she had the, you know, the greatest experience there, they took such great care of her and, and, you know, nursed her you know, back to health and she's doing, you know, family well now. So, so Memorial Sloan has, of course, a special place in our heart. So we get back that way. And I'm on the board of a animal shelter here in New York City. We have two uh, rescue dogs and the, the name of the animal shelter is Animal Haven.
1: Craig, well, I've I appreciated your time and you sharing with myself and the listeners, and and just your, you know, you, you getting into the real estate business while working full time, and and that's not easy, you know, just the time management piece alone, and just knowing or just going into it with the correct mindset, and knowing that the mistakes are going to come, and 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 you even talked about fostering, devoting time to fostering the right relationships, and all that takes time. You know, and, and, but it's, it's interesting spin on it, you know, that, you know, that you, you love your JOB and you don't plan to leave while, you know, ma- the majority of the industry are, you know, that are getting started or it's kind of the opposite. And so I, you know, I just appreciate the different take on that and being able to do this while also working full time and, and the success you've had. Uh, and, but tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you.
0: The listeners can get a hold of me. But my, my email is, it's my full name, Craig Napoliallo, C R A I G. N A P as in Paul O L I E L L O at gmail.com. Craig Napoliello at gmail.com.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.